the year of the monkeys. The monkeys are coming to your town, your Blu-ray player, your CD player, and your computer. And you need to be prepared. What number is this, Chip? Episode 60. This is actually happening. <laughs> okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys. I'm Ken Mills. Today I'm joined by Sarah Clark, and we'll be joined by a lot of other people who are digging the monkeys and digging the good times that we find ourselves in. Wow, the album finally came out, and boy, what a reception! What an ovation! What a round of applause, even! Yep, wow, what a crazy week! <laughs> yeah, I, my husband really misses me, I think. <laughs> Well, I guess we should start out the show by doing the monkey's mailbag. Ready? Absolutely. All right. P.O. Box This was on one of the Facebook pages, and Jan Swanton wrote this. I was going to post a succinct and sensible post to say the Good Time CD finally reached England followed by a line or two on the quality of the songs and how Mickey's voice was as strong as ever. Then I played it. In a few bars I was floating, immersed, enveloped where I was 50 years ago, where I am, where I've always been, where I belong. My ear pressed up against the dance set. Then when we got stereo, my head pressed between the speakers, on the floor, eyes shut, straining to hear Mike's accent when he is singing harmonies or counter-melody, melting completely when he is singing lead. The delicacy of his voice and the strength of it. It's pure beauty. Tears streaming down my face for me and Magdalena. Forgotten, the trouble my arthritic fingers had tearing off the cellophane. Forgotten, the tantalizing longing while the rest of the world enjoyed and we had to wait. It's a triumph, and for me, a loving tribute from the men in the real band to the boys in the TV group. I love it, and I love them, and I really, really, really love Mike. Oh, and hearing a CD on a half-decent Stereo Beats MP3 every single time. Now, excuse me, but I have to play it again. Mm. That was pretty cool. So yes. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah, Jan, I, I think a lot of us felt that way. Gosh, whoever thought we'd have this CD and have to thank the folks at Rhino and the, the monkeys themselves. Wow. Yeah. Number one on Amazon. Still. <laughs> I think they've, like, set up housekeeping. Yeah. The guys in the band are very proud of this, especially Mickey and Mike, who have been, you know, Mickey's been tweeting about it and Facebooking about it, and Mike's been Facebooking about it. And he's been doing a ton of press. They've all been doing a lot of press. Peter as well. Yeah. I think that they're really proud of this this album. They seem to be. Mm. It's amazing. Something something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Well, before we go on and talk more about good times, there's something that we have to talk about that's very important. We all know Rosemarie 
She was on the monkeys a couple times, whether you remember her from the Dick Van Dyke show or many countless comedies of the 60s and 70s. She's doing something, and Sarah, why don't you tell us all about it? Absolutely. I had a chance to sit down on the uh, Monkeys Hotline with Jason Wise. He is directing a documentary on the life and career of Rosemarie, and she is just a fascinating lady. I learned a lot of new things about her that I did not know over her 90 years in show business. And um, we talk a little bit about the monkeys and how her career intersected with them, but I think any of you just classic TV fans are going to get a kick out of this conversation. And the great news is his Kickstarter is still going on, and we will uh, let you know how to take part. There's actually some uh, monkeys-related premiums that just came up. Uh, she, Rosemarie signed a bunch of photos from her time on Monkey Mother that are now up on the Kickstarter page and available for uh, purchase with a pledge to the project. Listeners know Rosemarie appeared in two episodes of The Monkeys, Monkey Mother and Monkeys in a Ghost Town. With a career that spans nearly 90 years, Rosemarie has one of the most incredible stories in the history of show business, Las Vegas, The Mob, the television sitcom, and it's never been told until Jason Wise came along. Jason Wise began his professional career as an underwater photographer, filming on several continents for documentaries and television. At the age of 28, Wise was the director and showrunner for the PBS 2011 travel series Escape Seeker, where he shot for three years in the world's greatest kitchens and luxury properties. He directed the acclaimed wine documentary Psalm in 2012. He also served as executive producer for the show based on Psalm, titled Uncourt, airing on Esquire Network in the fall of 2015. From 2014 to 2016, Wise also produced a 20-episode documentary series on regional food and wine history for the Guild of Sommeliers. In 2015, Wine Enthusiast Magazine named Wise one of the 40 most influential people in food and wine. Wise's follow-up to Psalm, titled Into the Bottle, was recently released worldwide by Samuel Goldwyn Films and has hit number one documentary on iTunes in the United States, Canada, Germany, and the UK. Rosemarie will be his third feature film. Welcome to Zilch, Jason. Hey, thank you very much. It's quite an intro. You're very welcome. Uh, to start off, I was curious, this is a little bit of a different subject for you. What inspired you to make a documentary about Rosemarie, and how did this project come about? Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, she's not a not a big wine subject, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> the, the, the first two films that I made, I kind of stumbled into. So I never really meant to be, you know, the, the food and wine film director guy. The Rosemarie thing is interesting. A similar situation. I stumbled into this. I wanted very much... I've always wanted to tell a story of Hollywood, mm -hmm. um, kind of the entire process of how it became what it is. And, you know, but you need a you need a really good conduit to do that. And I was working at Yahoo and we were doing kind of a bunch of these where are they now pieces. And I was fortunate enough to be 
around some very, very famous and very interesting people, but we never really asked them the questions that I would, I would like to have asked them. And along the way, I met somebody who introduced me to Rosemary when I kept telling them I'd like to do a very thorough, very entertaining story about the history of show business. And they said, well, you have to talk to Rosemary. Mm-hmm. And I knew of her only, you know, from a simple place. And I think a lot of people come from, you know, you know of her from the Dick Van Dyke show or something like that. Right. And I, I really, as I started to get into her history, I thought this is too good to be true. There is no way I get to tell this unbelievable story. And then I met with her and I, I just fell in love with her. I mean, she is one of the funniest smartest best storytellers i've ever met so mm-hmm. you know it kind of it can, you know we've been developing this for years um i want to say about three years so this kind of came about pretty organically neat what parts of rosemary's life will the documentary cover well you know it's <laughs> that's it, it's a it's quite a daunting thing i mean we basically the film will be around 90 minutes ish so we'll basically have about a minute for every year of her, her professional career Wow. And that ask is something I'm kind of excited about because you can make a very, very good film when you have parameters like that. You have a, a, a set canvas. And so, you know, I will tell you, we're going to start we're going to start with the Dick Van Dyke show and then go back in time to the 1920s when she was one of the biggest stars in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And she was baby Rosemary. And so we're, we're going to go from there into her connection with the mob early in her life and then. Um, all of her live performances and work she did in Vegas, and then it goes back to the mob, and right. then goes back to Dick Van Dyke's show, and then goes. I mean, it. it she has a career that, that is so many different lives that it's. It, I'm astounded that no one has made this movie yet. And of course, obviously, she played a character on two of the more, in my opinion, more pivotal episodes of The Monkees as well. Oh, I agree totally. And it was fascinating looking at the uh, Kickstarter. Uh, list of premiums that you have on the page just by reading through that you can see how many eras of entertainment she was involved in yeah it's crazy i mean it really is she is she's one of a kind yeah absolutely and as we mentioned she appeared on two episodes of the monkeys first season monkeys in a ghost town and monkey mother did Rosemary happen to share any any collect uh, souvenirs or stories from well, filming with she, the monkeys sure did you know, I asked her about I asked her about the monkeys, and so the first episode that she had that she did with them, she said, you know, she didn't really understand what it was. You know, what was this show? What the mm-hmm. monkeys were? And it was it was early, and wow. so she went and uh, filmed this episode, and she said, you know, I don't know these guys are. And she said this in retrospect. She said, you know, these guys are a bunch of very good looking, very naive young guys. I wonder what this thing's going to turn out to be. And then she went and filmed the second thing, and she's like, wow, this is a big difference between the first time I went and did this episode. I mean, they have their, they have their stuff together. Their comedic timing is completely different. She talked about like just an amazing evolution between those two episodes and how quickly these, these guys all gelled together. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to hear that. Yeah, that's neat. That's, that's really fascinating to hear. And one of the things I learned uh, from looking at the Kickstarter page is that she shot a lot of eight millimeter uh, videos of the various shows that she shot on. Was there any video f- backstage footage from the monkeys? There. So what she did on the monkey mother episode is she brought a super eight millimeter camera with her. And so they, 
she would film them goofing off and setting up, you know, setting up shots and things like that. And then she would hand the camera to them and they would film her. I mean, oh it's pretty goodness. amazing. So she, so we have that footage and we have that from many shows, Dick Van Dyke, mm-hmm. the monkeys. And so, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's one of a kind, especially when you can find out footage like this exists now and no one knew that it was there. I mean, it's kind of, it's just, a, it's a real gift, especially to a filmmaker, because if not, someone can talk about this stuff and I have nothing to show. So it's really amazing. Right. I mean, that is phenomenal. And I guess that, as we've mentioned, you're funding this uh, project with a Kickstarter. And I know that one of the premiums is is access to some of this footage. Um, the kick- That's right. Yeah, the Kickstarter ends on the 15th. Uh, what other kinds of backer premiums do you have available? Well, we have all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, that's access to the vault. So we're going to be continuously all the way until the end of production putting stuff into this vault that we're not using, parts of stuff we are using. I mean, all sorts of performances and films she shot and just never before seen things that she has. I mean, her library is astounding. Mm-hmm. We also have we have some pretty crazy stuff. I mean, all the way up to come out to Los Angeles, do the see the premiere with us, come out to dinner with us, take a helicopter ride around Hollywood and see all the filming locations. You know, all sorts of crazy experiences. There's right. the premiere. There's all sorts of things from the Dick Van Dyke show, like prints of her apartment from the set designer. And, you know, so – and then all sorts of signed memorabilia. She's really opened up her entire collection to this, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been pretty astounding, to be honest. Yeah, that's amazing. And the list of things that are on there is really fascinating because I I know a lot of our listeners may come here specifically for the monkeys, but most of them are also just interested in that whole era of 60s television, which she was just such a pivotal part of with the Dick Van Dyke show. Where can people find out more about the film? Well, I mean, so what you do is you go to Kickstarter and you search for Rosemary or, you know, that's probably the best way. There's a there's a teaser up kind of gives an idea of what the film's going to look like other than that there's a facebook page for the film and we're going to be updating that quite a bit and the movie you know the movie itself is full steam ahead so it's going to be it's going to be coming wonderful yeah it's uh last i checked you guys uh, you're about uh, i want to say you're are, are you about two-thirds away to the goal now a little higher a little yeah high? something like that i think about 80 percent so oh, 80 you know, percent awesome uh, yeah yeah, and you know, so it's it's we're moving really well as far as where we need to be, and most of that's just to pay for transfer of footage and things. It's uh, yeah, you know, you should see this room full of materials that she had. <laughs> oh man, well, see, I'm a librarian in my day job, and I would love to get a look at those archives. That sounds just oh. so amazing. Yeah, it's a cool experience. I'm very lucky. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us, Jason, and good luck with the Kickstarter. And please keep us up to date on this project. I would. I appreciate being on. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Too. Well, it seems like the internet has lost its darn mind over good times, and it's good times to be living if you're a Monkees fan. And we're seeing all sorts of support. I'm having a hard time finding any really bad reviews of the album. How about you, Sarah? Uh, yeah, I've I've seen a few that might be like on slightly on the mixed side of positive, but I've not seen an out and out bad review. And if you've seen one, please don't send it to me because I don't want to know. <laughs> right. And when you see Rolling Stone and people that have written the monkeys off for so long that are now having an about face or 
looking at them in a slightly different light. It's very cool. Well, yeah. And, you know, it was interesting to see the tweet from Ricky Gervais, and he also shared this on his Facebook page. Ricky said this, This is quickly becoming my favorite track of the year so far. The Monkees, Me, and Magdalena. Beautiful. Yeah, that was so amazing. I was actually uh, going in on uh, Memorial Day to see a movie with uh, family. Fo- my phone buzzed and I uh, pulled it out and I saw this tweet from Ricky Gervais about me and Magdalena. I, I just, we're living in some strange alternate universe right now. That's all I can figure, but I love it and I want to stay. Yeah, stay here. It's all good. Mm-hmm. So we've got the monkeys number one on Amazon. By the time this episode goes up, we'll probably have the official chart placement. And I'm predicting within the top 15. I think top 20, but I would love to see top 15. Well, we will see. We yes. will see. Time will tell. And if I have to eat my words, don't worry. They're strawberry and they're yummy. Good to know. Here it comes. The Monkees, the complete series, is coming to Blu-ray. All 58 episodes, carefully remastered from the original 35mm prints in high definition for the very first time. Ten jam-packed discs that also include the movie Head, the 1969 TV special, 33 and a third revolutions per monkey, plus an exclusive bonus disc full of surprises. Pre-order now at monkeys.com. This set is not available anywhere else and is strictly limited to 10,000 individually numbered copies. The Monkees, the complete series, on Blu-ray, only at monkeys.com. And in monkey news, this weekend, Jody Ritson was back with Monkey Jam 2016. There are tons of folks that came out. Cersei Link and Christian Esmus were there along with Emily Dolans. And of course, Mike Nesmith Skyped in, said hello to everybody, and introduced Christian and Cersei Link. Later, Mickey Dolans also made a surprise appearance, and he introduced his brother-in-law's Van Halen cover band. Fans were able to spend some time together and monkey around and pick up some great stuff from all the vendors that were there. Fans also had a chance to get their picture taken in the Monkey Mobile from Season 1. They also got to get their photos taken in the Monkees director chairs, and it was a blast for everybody. So we look forward to see what Monkey Jam is going to do again, and uh, if you weren't there, you missed it. It is so cool to see all the Monkey fans monkeying around, and this is an exciting summer. And do not forget that the Monkees are on tour now. In an article that just came out, Looks like the Monkees are going to have their highest charting album since 1968, so this will be interesting. 7A is doing it again. Records is proud to present a brand new EP by Mickey Dolans, Christian Nesmith, and Cersei Link. The lavish, translucent, purple-colored vinyl EP features four previously unissued tracks recorded last year. 
It is released on June 17th in Europe and on June 24th in the US. This set is strictly limited to 500 copies. Get yours while you can. This four track EP includes the songs Porpoise Song, Good Morning, Good Morning, Crying in the Rain, and Randy Scouse Git. Get these four previously unissued recordings on this 7-inch EP on purple translucent vinyl. Mastered from the original masters, limited to only 500 copies. Get yours while you can. 7A is doing it. We've also had a lot of parties across the country. The album came out and we had record release parties all over the place. Some you got goodies at and some you just got some prizes at. And if you were lucky enough to be able to go to one and you picked up some swag, that's pretty cool. Here's a clip from our good friends, Richard and Sarah Wolofsky. Check out the fun they had. And up next on the Zilch Hotline, we have two wonderful podcasting people, Richard Wolofsky and his lovely wife, Sarah Wolofsky. Welcome to Zilch. Hey, hey, Ken. So this is what the Zilch studio looks like from the inside. Wow, it's so pretty. It's, yeah, there's Mr. Schneider over there yeah. and all his paper plate signs. <laughs> I've been looking from the outside for so long, it, I'm very, very happy to be now on the inside of Zilch. Well, we are glad that you are finally here. And you were recently part of something extra cool. You were part of the Good Times Release Day. You were at a party. Tell us all about it. Well, thankfully for Zilch, for keeping us all up to date on the monkey happenings all over the world, especially when you had listed the release party dates and cities. And lo and behold, there's Long Beach, California, where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And wow. just so happens that they had their release party a day earlier than everybody else. Yeah, Thursday night. We don't know how they got away with that, but we went. <laughs> but they did. This was at a, a small, not really a small record store, but... It was like in the art district of Long Beach. So there yeah. were some arty like shops around and it was this, uh, what was it called? Footprints. Fingerprints. Fingerprints. Yeah, when I think of record stores now, that the only ones that exist really are Amoeba. Right. Amoeba is always like two or three floors. But this one, it was a nice size, and they do get a lot of acts into the store to perform. So I knew it wasn't just a mom-and-pop hole in the wall. This, mm -hmm. was, this was the real deal. This place was legit. Deal. And once again, called Fingerprints in Long Beach, and they had their party a day earlier. I really wanted to go to the one in Hollywood, but to go from Long uh, Beach Amoeba. to Hollywood on a Friday, oh. you, you got to pretty much clear out the whole day. Mm -hmm. Right. It's uh, With traffic, it's a long drive. And uh, Sarah said, wait a minute, they're having some raffles. It, mm -hmm. You have a better chance at winning at a little place in Long Beach rather than a giant store like Amoeba. And that turned out to be very, very true. Because <laughs> I think we went and there was, what, maybe eight participants? Yeah, was, I think at one point at the highest peak there were, there were ten people. Okay. One of which got everyone together for a group photo. And he said, all right, everyone say Ken Mills. Wow. <laughs> I thought, that's a pretty random thing to say. So I went over and talked to him and said, hey, 
do you know Ken? He's like, yeah, I'm on his show all the time. Like, huh. And I just had finished all of the past Zilch episodes, so I'm pretty familiar with everyone you have on your show. So I said, what's your name? He said, Jeff. Oh, Jeff Geringer. I know who you are. I didn't, I didn't know you lived so close to me. He lives right in the next city over from Long Beach. Yeah. So that was really, really fun to meet someone else from Zilch at such a, a small place in Long Beach, California. The great Jeff Geringer. It's so, so cool that you finally got to meet him. That's cool. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what you guys might do together in the future, uh, maybe for Zilch. Well, you know what? Let us tell you the rest of the story here because Ooh. there's more fun stuff to be had at this release party. Yeah, because there wasn't that many people. And uh, they were giving out raffle tickets. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, the chances are really good. And one of the prizes was the 50th anniversary CD box set, which I was really excited about. And they had uh, the, the Monkey Logo record store. The uh, record? The, the singles. Yeah, yeah. The, the 45. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, huh, which one do I want? I want the CD box set. So they did some some trivia, which we all got a T-shirt, which was really fun. It had the the really soft fabric with the with the Good Times record uh, label, the record cover on the shirt, which was really nice. And everyone who answered a question correctly got one of those. They were giving out tote bags, balloons, coloring book, which and stickers and as stickers, well, yeah, and can, posters. Can we get a care package sitting right here for you? We got to send Ooh. off to you. Well, you know what I'm going to do with that stuff? I'm going to give it away to our lucky listeners. Well, good. That's the way I was hoping you would go. (laughs) (laughs) So then they were were doing the raffles, and everyone was winning the CD, the the logo CD. Not the CD. Not the CD. The The 45. 45. I even said 45 since, like, 1978. So there was two 45s they were giving away. Yeah. So the raffle tickets were for, you know, two people won those. So then all of a sudden there was only, what, like, maybe five? Yeah. People vying for the box set. And I remember this like it was yesterday. And the winning ticket for the Monkey CD 50th anniversary box set is number 717. And boom, that was my ticket, and I was so excited. Wow. In fact, I even posted a picture on the Zilch Facebook page of me holding it in front of my Gene Ashman Monkeys shirt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it looks great, by the way. Uh, oh. So, I understand you had a very exciting morning. You got to speak to someone that is monkey royalty. Yeah, well, thanks once again to Zelchi Monkeys Podcast for <laughs> connecting me up with a Mr. James Frawley, Woo-hoo! Emmy Award-winning director of 28 Monkeys episodes. He looks... Well, did you have to look that up, or you already knew? I, I kind of knew that. He knew that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, thanks to you for putting us in touch, and we had a... A fantastic morning talking to someone I wanted to talk to since I was five years old and could read the name James Frawley on the monkey's opening credits mm-hmm. before I even knew what a director was. He was so excited, he started doing the monkey scream. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> ah! Hold on, I can do one more. Ah! <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so it was a really fun conversation and and as as soon as we got the go ahead to go ahead and call him for this last week yeah i called him up and said hey mr frawley my name is richard and i just wanted to touch base with you we had a fantastic conversation and questions just started pouring out of my head i mean literally since i was five years old this man has been such a huge inspiration on me because of his comedy and his comedic styling that he taught the monkeys that 
I use and the shows that I do myself, every one of them contains either a monkey's inside joke or the monkey's ah! scream. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was very, very humble. And oh, thank you very much. I really love to hear that. And I, lo I love talking to the fans. So he was really gracious with his time. And we had a, an amazing time. And you can hear this on episode 122 of Skywalking Through Neverland. Yeah. And for folks that don't know what Skywalking Through Neverland is, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool podcast of all things Star Wars and Disney. That's right. Yeah, we can be found at skywalkingthroughneverland.com. And we especially love when people tweet at us at skywalkingpod. And we've also, because of you, we really started a Facebook group, which is amazing because a lot of our listeners get to know each other. And I think it's a really cool, family-friendly, fun environment. Yeah, very family-friendly about everything Star Wars, Disney. And you even got a bumper of Gene Simmons for my <gasps> Kiss show. Yes, so we that did. Was cool. Yeah, we were at the opening of a DC exhibit at Warner Brothers Studios, and Gene Simmons happened to be there introducing it. And we... We're able to go up to him, and Richard, you had well, you know, soon, the moxie to ask him. As soon as I saw him, I thought, oh, i, I got to get Ken Mills on the line here. Yeah. Uh, Ken, uh, I'm looking at Gene Simmons. <laughs> what, what would you like? What would I do? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some questions, and what kind of bumper do you want? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, I know he couldn't. He was trying to leave. It's like, uh, I want to be polite, but get over here and say this. <laughs> And out comes this very long tongue, and yeah, you'll you'll see that in our lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, we're we're restricted to say anything more. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you got this bumper for us, and we'll play it right now. Hi, this is Jim Frawley, and you're listening to Zilch, a Monkey's podcast. So how cool is that, huh? He was very excited, and it was it was exciting for me whenever I get to say to someone who I really admire and action. <laughs> oh, James Frawley. James yeah. Frawley, yeah. Oh, Whatever awesome. we have on our show, which, like, wow, we got this big actor. Here I am saying action. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, okay, you know what? Let me do it again. And it, like any actor, they keep wanting to do it again and again to better themselves. Right. So let me ask you what you think of Good Times just off the top of your head. Just give us a real quick review. What are your initial thoughts? I love it. It's like a record that's been in the making for 50 years. And I love each and every single track. And I didn't want to go in there going, okay, I owe, I'm going to go in there already loving it. Because then mm -hmm. you can't really have a fair critique of the album. But wow, I think we've heard it like 30 times already. We have it in our car just on a loop. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I'm not a, a very big beach person. <laughs> I say that living in Southern California. But I think I've driven Sarah to the beach about six times already just so we can hear this monkey's album because this is just great beach music it is like sarah get the car going to the beach but well, you hate the beach we got to hear uh, bring on the, the summer, summer yeah. yeah well you never know you might find the right beach and you'll look up and you'll see that familiar house you know i've asked andrew sandoval many times you, you, you gotta know where this house is he's, he's, <laughs> he's got he's got no idea but pretty much that house has been demolished yeah well you'll see four guys out there romping around and uh, you'll know you're in the right place and of course you're in the right place here with Zilch and once again we'd like to uh, thank you for sending some swag our way and getting us that bumper and it's so cool that you got to bump into THE Jeff Gerringer absolutely not well, just any you. Jeff Gerringer but THE Jeff Gerringer 
Oddly enough, there were four Jeff Gerringers there that night. Oh, well, you found the right one. <laughs> so he says, they all kind of looked familiar, like they, like each one was a clone of the next. Oh, you know what? I didn't think this through until now. <laughs> Once again, the name of your podcast is? Skywalking Through Neverland. And I was on the Skywalking Through Neverland Facebook group. And people were posting pictures of them buying Good Times album. That's how much you talk about the monkeys on your podcast. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and all of our listeners, they're, a lot of them are of my generation. Yeah, your so, age. So, like, hey, you know what? I know it's a Star Wars Disney podcast, but we love hearing about all this monkey stuff. And people are coming out and saying, wow, I didn't know about Good Times or the monkeys box set. And they're, they're loving our monkeys crossovers. And we just did a review of Alice Through the Looking Glass, mm -hmm. and I couldn't help but slip in the monkeys through the looking glass. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> you, you, you have to do it. You have to do it. Well, we want to thank you for hopping on Zilch Day, and thank you for sending us some swag and getting us that bumper, and uh, we look forward to doing some stuff with you in the future. Have you come on and tell your monkey story someday? Oh, bring it on. I've got over 40 years of monkey stories coming. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ken. I don't know if we'll do a show that long. 40 years is a long podcast. I get time if you do. <laughs> and, of course, we don't want to forget to mention our Simeon crossover that we did recently where I was on your show, Talking Apes TV, and we talked about apes, chimpanzees, and even the monkeys. Yeah, and even some crossover worlds, like if the... If the Planet of the Apes formed a group called the Monkeys, what kind of songs would they sing? Yeah, yeah. We had a lot, of, a lot of fun conversations surrounding that. It really is a fun episode, and we've had a lot of good uh, feedback and response to it. So if you like the Monkeys and Planet of the Apes, this is an episode for you, Talking Ape TV. Yeah, Talking Apes TV can be found on RetroZap.com. Listen to that. He's in promotion mode. Check out. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be. All right, well, thank you for dropping by the Zilch headquarters, and we will see you again soon. And don't forget the monkeys are out on tour, so you will see them out there. Yeah, we will see them September the 16th at the Pantages Theater. Who's they, coming? They may be coming to your town. They are, Ken, because we already have our tickets. Well, there you go. Well, thank you for stopping by Zilch. <laughs> Hey, hey, everyone. This is Richard Woloski. And I'm Sarah Woloski. And we are from Skywalking, Skywalking Through Neverland. Neverland, a Star Wars Disney podcast. And we are monkeying around right here on Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Mr. Bobolina, paging Mr. Bobolina. Yeah. Mr. Bob Dobolina. Here we come. Planet of the Monkeys. Yep, that which, was a hoot. Everybody needs to listen to that one. And you know, we might be living on Planet of the Monkeys if you saw the guys on CBS or you see them on tour or you saw them on Good Morning America. It just seems like all this cool stuff is happening. And our good friend Tim Powers was at the Amoeba event in L.A. where he ran into John Hughes from Rhino and Mark Pincus from Rhino Entertainment. Bobby Hart was there and John Hughes was there. And here they are on stage and... I got the biggest kick. Bobby Hart mentions my name right on stage. Wasn't that awesome? I just about fell out of my chair. I was sitting here eating dinner, just looking at the screen, and all of a sudden he says that, and boom. <laughs> that was something. And we like to thank both Bobby and Mark Pincus and John Hughes and everybody out there. 
We would also like to thank Jessica Giordano, who have been helping us a little bit, and she does great work for Rhino, and it's just fantastic. Wonderful. Hi, it's Zilcher's Tim Powers from Deep Dish Radio with Tim Powers, a podcast you probably ought to check out. I've been a big fan of Zilch and been listening since episode zero. Not that long ago, I was at Amoeba Records in Hollywood, California for the release party of Good Times, and I was there with Rhino Records and Bobby Hart and about 150 good, close, personal friends and Monkees fans. It was a fantastic day, and uh, I have recorded what you're about to hear. Now, i got to tell you, the audio is not, uh, not perfect. There are a couple of hiccups there, but that's live radio, and that's life in the 21st century. So here's my report, live from Amoeba Records for release day of Good Times in Hollywood, California. I'm here at Amoeba Records on release day for Good Times with two very important people, John Hughes from Rhino Entertainment and Mark Pincus, also from Rhino Entertainment. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, Zilch. And uh, so we're at the listening party, the launch date for Good Times. And you guys were just saying that this is a culmination of about a year's worth of work, if not more. And, you know, you guys are both lifelong fans. So, you know, what, 19, 20 years for both of you? Uh yeah, yeah I'm, am I that old? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would say yeah, that amount for me definitely. Uh, and I know Mark is a big fan as well. You know, Mark, when you were approached about doing an album with the Monkees in 2016, 50 years after the first one, what were your first thoughts? Let's do it. I'm in. And the guys have just been so phenomenal to deal with. So not only is it a labor of love and something that's 20 years overdue, but the guys are just great. I mean, Mickey. Nez and Peter are just phenomenal to work with, so it's a dream. You know, Adam Schlesinger's done some great work. Any thoughts of him as a Monkees producer? Um, it knocked it out of the park here. He he got it right away. He got some really great collaborators. Uh, he got a great band together in addition to the guys playing on throughout every song on the album. Uh, one thing I've seen is people are pleasantly surprised that all three Monkees are a huge presence on every song. Right. I don't know why they're surprised because <laughs> we know how talented these three guys are um but it's kind of uh, a dream to see this happening the way it has happened and gelled together it's kind of like the stars aligned uh i know it was in a great place to do it the monkeys were in a great place to do it on a great producer the time was right right and here we are sales have been good and if the if the smiles that i see around the floor here on amoeba are any indication of the feedback that you guys have gotten from folks who have already heard it sounds like this is a resounding uh, approval from the fans uh, mark is wearing a monkey shirt today and he can tell you a story about this shirt Tell us the story, Mark. I went to the doctor today, and I got there, and the receptionist said, oh, my God, I love your shirt. I love the monkeys. Then I went into the uh, room to get my temperature taken, and the nurse came in, and she said, oh, my God, your monkey shirt. And then she told me about seeing Mickey Dolan's in the Sagebrush Cantina <laughs> here in Calabasas. And then my doctor came in to do what he had to do to me, and he's like, oh, my God, I love your shirt. And he told me his monkey story, and he's going to see him at the Pantages. I mean, there's just a monkey's vibe in the air. There's so much craziness going on right now. And I have a band like the Monkeys that people love. They make you smile, and the record makes you smile. You listen to it, and for 45 minutes, you get to smile. It makes us laugh. There you go. And that's really, that, I mean, the kicking it off with that single really kind of encapsulated what, uh, it, it set the tone for what we could expect, you know. And there were a couple of surprises along the way, but every single track is just, is just solid gold. And the fans are digging it. I hope sales are good. I hope sales are strong. Anything you want to tell the world other than buy this record right now? Well, I 
keep telling everybody how great the record is. And right. I say, but if you don't believe me because I'm terribly, terribly biased because I like the guys so much and I love the album, I said, you know, look at the New York Times, look at the USA Today, look at the Washington Post. Um, Rolling Stone. Rolling, Rolling Stone, Stone gave a great Kevin's review sake. and great interview. Tomorrow, I don't know when this is going live, but CBS Sunday Morning is going to do a great piece. Right. Good Morning America. I mean, people want to talk to them, and everyone unanimously have been rave reviews. So don't just listen to us. If you want to listen to someone else, listen to them, and then go buy the record. Yeah, I think the if you go on to Metacritic, the the weakest review yeah. is 85%. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're going to take it. And the standards are pretty high for these guys. There's well, been some yeah. great stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? and I think, you know, I keep joking. The one comment I'm sick of hearing is, boy, this is much better than it should have been. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a backhanded compliment. Right. And as Monkees fans, we're all kind of used to that over the years. Like, oh, whenever they do something great, it's like, oh, that's the Monkees? I think this is going to turn the... Uh, hopefully turn the tide. I think people... Uh, that previously looked look their nose down at this uh, act right. are going to uh, change their minds. And gosh, you know, I love what Ken's doing with hashtag induct the monkeys. Yeah. I would say keep hashtagging induct the monkeys. Okay. And keep buying the record. Keep buying the record. What's, last question What was the most frustrating part of putting this together? The most frustrating part of putting it together would have been the fact that we had such a time crunch yeah. to, uh, because there were a lot of really key promotional opportunities right. that we had to meet a deadline. Yeah. And it was frustrating. However, I will say it was kind of a blessing in disguise because decisions had to be made. Right. There was no tinkering around and going back and going, well, maybe we do this. Maybe we do this. It was really an old school record, uh, an old school monkeys record in the most classic sense. And Bobby Hart can tell you, you know, we've got a day to do this song. Knock right. it out. Don't even think about it. Go. And while that it sounds crazy in this uh, Pro Tools age, right. it was really uh, lit a fire under all the guys and, and Adam to get this done and to really make decisions and stand by them. And here we are. We've got a great album that it just contains that kind of energy. And I don't think that energy would exist if we did not have that deadline pressure. And there you go. So in the, in the most classic sense, kick it out as fast as you can and do a good job. It's a monkey's album. Absolutely. And uh, all three guys were more than up to the task. I mean, they've been doing it for 50 years. Right. Uh, they know what they're doing. And just pros all the way cannot speak enough about the monkeys. Just so good. Beautiful. If you don't have the album by now, you got no business listening to this show. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Great have a great afternoon. Now dig this. Here's a clip of John Hughes and Bobby Hart live on stage at Amoeba Records. Hey everybody, it's John Hughes from Rhino, and we are live at Amoeba in Los Angeles for the Good Times record release party. Say hi to the Monkey's Facebook page, everybody. All right, here's your fancy intro you guys have all been waiting for. How you guys doing? Let's try that one more time. It's Friday, Memorial Weekend. How are you guys doing? Thank you for joining us for the very special release of Monkey's Good Times. I don't know if many of you guys know, I'm sure especially our devout Monkey fans know, but it's the 50th anniversary of the Monkeys this year. Let's hear it, let's hear it. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna welcome to the stage the executive producer for the album, John Hughes. Hi, how's everybody doing? Uh, today is the culmination of 
over a year of planning and uh, dreams, I grew up with the Monkees. My first album, as I'm sure most of you here watching this now, was a Monkees album that I was handed down to me from my aunt. Uh, I started working at Rhino seven years ago. Everyone that works with me is so sick of me saying the word Monkees, but now it's all paid off. <laughs> Good Times is the name of the album. It was uh, an idea that started around, hey, let's do a new album for the 50th anniversary. Then it kind of grew into something really special, a true labor of love. Uh, Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne and Ivy produced it and did a stound, an astounding job. A uh, combination of old tracks that were never finished from back in the day by uh, Carol King and Jerry Goff and, and Neil Diamond, uh, combined with reaching out to some of today's more popular singer-songwriters like Rivers Cuomo, Ben Gibbard, uh, astoundingly Noel Gallagher and Paul Weller. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very happy day when that song arrived. Um, and the result, who's heard it? Okay, okay. It's, it's phenomenal, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, it's our project. It's really a good album. As a fan, I can't stop listening to it. Call it narcissism, whatever you want. But I listen to this thing on a loop, and I'm really glad you're all here today. I'm glad you get to buy it. I'm glad you get to hear it. I'm glad you get to share it with all your friends. Uh, the one comment I keep hearing that's driving me nuts is, oh, this is so much better than I thought it was going to be. Whatever. It's a great Monkees album. It's a great album, period. Please listen to it. Blow it up on social media. Get the word out. I would love for the... Who would not love to see the Monkees have a top 10 debut next week? Would that be amazing after 50 years that these guys deserve another top 10 album? I really think they do. Uh, Mickey, Peter, and Mike, I wish they were here. Uh, Mickey and Peter are on tour. Mike, of course, is finishing his book. They would love to be here. Uh, I am a poor, poor substitute for those three very talented gentlemen. However, we do have someone else here that's a, a little better than me. A lot better than me. Ladies and gentlemen, from the legendary songwriting duo, Voice and Heart, Bobby Hart. But I do want to uh, talk a little bit about what Bobby did on this new album. He uh, not only contributed a song with his uh, songwriting partner, Tommy Boyce, uh, called Whatever's Right, which on the vinyl, when it comes out, will kick off side two in splendid style, the way it should. Uh, Bobby also plays organ. Was it an organ you played? It was a... Vox organ. Vox organ. Does backing vocals on a few tracks. Very involved in the project. We could not be happier. If you talk about the monkeys and what's in their DNA, voice and heart are absolutely in the DNA of the monkeys. We're so thrilled that Bobby's here today. Right, thanks so much, John. Fabulous to be here. Thanks to see you all. It's a nice big crowd. And I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but John just told me that this is going on all over the country at the same time in record stores in like 60, 66 cities and stores. So it's a... Oh, we're on, we're on the Monkees Facebook page live right now, he tells us. So this is all going to go out. So it's a much bigger crowd than it looks. Just multiply it by 66 times and you'll see. I had a lot of fun working on this album. Uh, when uh, Andrew Sandoval found a cut 
that I had actually kind of forgotten about called Whatever's Right that Tommy and I wrote in 1966. And then an interview that I did earlier this week, Ken Mills told me that uh, this song was actually, this, this track was actually cut in July of 1966 on the same date that we did I'm Not Your Stepping Stone and uh, this just doesn't seem to be my day. So this is one of the original first, first tracks that we cut for the Monkees. And so he found it and Adam liked it a lot and said it sounds like a hit to me and he cut a really nice version of it uh, using our background track. But he gave me a call and asked if I'd come down and sing some backgrounds on it, which I loved doing along with Coco Dolan's uh, Mickey's sister. And we had a we had a ball. It's the first time we had sung together since Dolan's Jones Boyce and Hart in 75 or 76. <laughs> so that was fun. And then when, when uh, a later cut was being... Uh, the track was being laid down. They asked me to come and play the Vox, as John just mentioned. So, and I don't play Vox, they play Hammond B3. I mean, that's my instrument. So I said, there's a Hammond sitting right there. Can I just, nope, I want this Vox, it's the 60s. So I said, well, you know, Vox was a, was a sponsor of Boyce and Hart. They gave us all the instruments, but we never used a Vox organ. We always used a Hammond B3. <laughs> anyway, it's a Vox. So I played on a cut called Love, That's What I Want, which is really a nice cut, and you'll hear that on the album as well. So it's a pleasure to be here, uh, and thanks for coming down again. Bobby Hart. So before we get started with uh, a little contest here, I want to point out that behind me, this is not HD. However... If it wasn't a projector, on the computer it looks great. These are the new HD Masters from the Monkees Complete Series Blu-ray box that's coming out. So if you don't have that pre-ordered, please do it now. All right. We got lots of... Pro First of all, before we start, who's here from Zilch? Okay. What's up, Zilchers? Good to see you. If you don't know about Zilch, it is the Monkees podcast that is updated at a crazy uh, frequency. They are really plugged in. If you're not listening to Zilch, start listening now. What are we doing now? Uh, right now, she's going to take the mic from me. Right. Sorry. Um, we've got... All right, so we've got custom mon monkeys cookies. We also have a monkey man standee that you can get your photo taken with, and you guys can uh, post about it. Post uh, hashtag monkeys good times, hashtag amoeba. Put it all over your Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So don't forget that's all right here in the corner. We've got stickers for you to grab as well. Purchase, don't forget to purchase your CDs. And when you purchase your CDs, you do get, a uh, again, what, as I mentioned, one of the coloring books. So that's really awesome. Um, that about wraps it up, and we're going to play the album for you guys. So stick around, listen, enjoy the... Oh, yeah, and Bobby Hart. Thank you. Again, let's give him another round of applause, guys. That's awesome that he came out to support. Um, he's going to stick around. He's going to sign any, and sign your guys the copies of your guys' records. So please hang out. Enjoy the album. Thank you guys so much. On behalf of Rhino... The monkeys, all that good stuff. We really appreciate your support. Happy Memorial Weekend, everybody. All right, who do I tell? Hit it! So that's it. It's just like you were there. I'm Tim Powers with Deep Dish Radio. Back to you, Ken. Now, Tim Powers, not only did he do that bit for us... And he was there, uh, monkeying around with everybody and celebrating good times of the release party. He he also sent us this clip, and this is this is pretty darn funny. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim Powers with Deep Dish Radio, 
and I'm here on the corner of Sunset and Gower in Hollywood, California, asking people who come by what their favorite podcast is. You know, uh, Deep Dish Radio with Tim Powers is getting a lot of traction and a lot of new listeners, so we're hoping to hear that people love my show, Deep Dish Radio with Tim Powers. Uh, let's start with this gentleman. You, sir, pushing the harp down the street. What is your favorite podcast? Zilch. What did you say? Zilch. Oh, of course. Zilch, the Monkeys podcast, hosted by Ken Mills and his friends. It's a great show, and uh, and if you're a Monkeys fan, it's definitely uh, the right podcast for you. What did you say your name was? Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Well, that seems like a fun name to say. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Right, sure. Mr. Yeah. Davalina, Mr. Bob right. Davalina. I, I, I get Mr. it. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Okay. Bob Davalina. Mr. Davalina. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. I, under, I get Mr. it. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. We've got your name, Mr. sir. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Well, just stand over there. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob I'm going to ask the next guy that comes along. You, sir, with the pair of red maracas. What's your favorite podcast? Zilch. Of course, the great Zilch podcast, available wherever podcasts are available. And uh, if you love the monkeys, if you want to hear interviews with people like Adam Schlesinger or Andrew Sandoval or, or James Frawley, this is the show for you. Oh, man, you, you have excellent taste in podcasts, my friend. Listen, is there anything that you'd like to tell the world now that you have a microphone in your face? China Clipper calling Alameda. What? China what? Clipper calling no, Alameda. I, I get it. I understand China that that's calling what you What is this, some sort of spy China code? What do you... That doesn't China even make any sense. I have no idea what you're China China Shut up! Alameda. Please! All right, you know what? I'm going on to somebody else. All right, you, right there. What is your favorite podcast? Zilch. Again? Seriously? Doesn't anybody like my show? It's called Deep Dish Radio with Tim Powers, and you can get it anywhere you get your podcast. It's great, too. It's a lot of fun. I have fun guests. I tell funny stories. I have jokes. I do production and stuff like Ken. It's a great show. <laughs> If you've ever listened to my show, how many times have you listened? Zilch. Oh, fine. All right. You know what? This is the kind of stuff that really makes me mad. I put a lot of work into this show. I get guests and I do production and yeah, furthermore. Never mind the furthermore. The play is self-defense. What do you mean? Never mind the furthermore. The play is self-defense. Never mind the furthermore. There is no self defense. Not, we're Never mind the fighting. We're talking about my show where I talk to musicians and I talk to authors and comic book artists and stuff like that. I don't. Never mind. Stop it. Would you? You know what? Hey, you. You there. What is your favorite podcast? Zilch. Ah, listen, if you've never listened to my show, will you at least intend to? It is of my opinion that the people are intending. Intending? Intending to do what? It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. What are they intending to do? You know what? I'm just going to go start up. Herman's Hermit's podcast. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was an Henry. She wouldn't take a Willie or a Sam. I'm her eighth old man. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and don't forget to check out Tim Powers' Deep Dish Radio podcast. He interviews Bobby Hart, Ian Lee, and a lot of things. And you'll be surprised at how often the monkeys come up. And I think probably going to be coming up more on that show. So check that out. And, and in monkey news, or monkey media, if you will, the monkeys were on CBS Sunday morning this weekend. That was something. What did you think of that appearance, Sarah? I love that interview. That's got to be, uh, it might be my favorite TV interview that they've ever done because it was just so, uh, you know, they avoided all the standard stuff for the most part. I mean, there are some kind of 
monkeys 101 points you have to hit but it actually was interested in kind of telling the whole story and also we got to see some really nifty behind the scenes stuff from the making of good times and all of the interviews were wonderful uh nez had me in stitches at a couple of points and then when peter started talking about davy a little bit i I have to admit i got a little bit misty-eyed there it was just a a lovely piece and i think it's floating around online so definitely check it out if you haven't seen it well you're going to hear some of it right now even better here we come In the fall of 1966, four madcap musicians, a mix of the Beatles and the Marx Brothers, made their debut on American television. For the next 58 episodes, the monkeys would turn pop culture upside down. Don't you want to be famous, the idol of millions? No, we just want to be revered by a small minority. A small minority? Small minority, small minority, <laughs> like a tribe of African pygmies. Get it, pygmies, huh? Half a century um, later. Does, does the big five-zero mean anything really to you guys? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to ask us a lot. Mike Nesmith, Mickey Dolenz, and Peter Tork are still <laughs> yeah, monkeying around. Then I saw her face. Monkeys would outsell the Beatles and the Stones in 1967. Their first four albums went to number one. A made-for-TV band, they were assembled by the show's producers, Bert Schneider and Bob Rafelson, who put this ad in Variety, seeking four insane boys. Mike Nesmith was playing at the Troubadour when a friend came in and said, I just saw this ad in Variety. I think you should go down and try out for it. So I did. I got the job. He went to the audition in the same knit cap he'd wear for the show. But I don't think I'm a goof. I don't think you're a goof. Right. Okay. I think I'm out of work. <laughs> I hope I get this serious. <laughs> but a goof? No, I'm not a goof. I didn't go to the cattle call. I, I'd already had a series, you'll see. I see you're practicing to be a musician, huh? Uh-uh, drummer boy. Mickey oh, Dolenz had had a lead in a show called Circus Boy. Peter Tork, a folk singer, heard about the auditions from his friend, Stephen Stills, who'd been passed over. So Steve had to settle for Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. He's never forgiven me. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I've one of your little quick things. Davy Jones, a British actor who'd already had Broadway experience, completed the cast. <laughs> Did the four of you connect pretty quickly? Instantly. It was scary. There were no duds among us, yeah. uh, except me. I, but I, I wasn't really a dud. I played one on television. This cufflink contains a miniaturized tape recorder. If I wear two of them, can I record in stereo? <laughs> you know, Bob said to me, well, Bob Rafelson, so well, we could have hired any four guys. I said, yeah, but you didn't. You hired us four. I said, well, but any four guys could do what you're doing. I said, no, they couldn't have. Because what we are, we brought our, the force of our character to it. But the boys would butt heads with the show's music producer, Don Kirshner, who used outside session musicians to make the Monkees' first records. I thought they wanted me to play for them. No. I was mistaken. 
Uh, and how did you feel about that? I was mortified. And this, they were doing Clarksville. And, and I wrote a counterpoint. I had studied music. And I brought it to them and they said, no, no, Peter, you don't understand. This is the record. It's all done. We don't need you. Is it true that, that Davy Jones at one point dumped a Coca-Cola on top of Don Kirshner's oh, head? It was me. It was me. You did that? It was me. Oh, he poured the coke over his head, and I lost it. <laughs> and I think when I lost it, I think it really just made Donnie. It's like, oh, no, they're laughing at me. And it's like, yes, Donnie, we are. <laughs> oh, those silly monkeys. The fictional band became such a phenomenon, fans wanted to see them live. I was like, well, yeah, now what? So the producers finally allowed them to play. And their third album, Headquarters, was entirely their own. But critics had already branded the monkeys the prefab four. It was a kind of, you guys aren't real. It's like, well, define your terms. <laughs> fake band that became a real band that wasn't really real? Well, yeah, see, now you're off in the weeds with me. Because <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that question, and Mick doesn't know, and, and if Peter says he does, he's lying. So you felt like a band? Well, you know, it, it, it's, uh, no, yes, maybe. I've often said it's like Leonard Nimoy really becoming a Vulcan. <laughs> The series ended after just two seasons. Cross at the green, not in between. He's been out in the sun too long. He was no bargain in the shade. And the monkeys eventually went their separate ways. I've always feel blessed to be part, to have been part of this, you know. Dolan's became a TV producer and director in England. Nesmith started his own band. So did Torque, who settled in Connecticut. Who's here? The monkeys! <laughs> but reruns have kept reintroducing the monkeys to new audiences. To mark their 50th anniversary, Dolan's and Torque have headed out on tour again. And the Monkees have recorded a new album. Produced by Fountains of Wayne frontman Adam Schlesinger, a longtime fan. Schlesinger reached out to other indie rock stars who loved the band. Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie, Britain's Paul Weller and Noel Gallagher, and Weezer's Rivers Cuomo have all written songs for the new Monkees record, Good Times. It's a pretty impressive list. It's a great list, isn't it? And, and, and again, me, lucky. They say you need love to love. They also unearthed an unreleased Vintage Monkeys track that features the late Davy Jones, who died of a heart attack in 2012. David was something. His loss was completely unexpected to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The youngest of us to go first. When you first had to go out there without Davy, how did that feel? 
Mickey said, well, how am I going to sing Daydream Believer? Right. And I said, well, you can't. It doesn't belong to us anymore. It belongs to them. This could be your last tour? No, we're going to read tour again next year. You are? Hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll tour until one of us drops, then the other will go on as the monkey. <laughs> hey, hey, it's the monkey. And people say, I monkey around. It's weird because when we started this show, we never thought we'd be doing all these interviews and news stories about a band that's currently working in 2016, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. Walking down the street, podcasting with everyone we meet. And then, a few days later, the band was headed to New York. The Monkees do Manhattan, or should it be the Monkees in New York? Which would you figure? Uh, monkeys in Manhattan is the name of the episode, so let's yeah, roll with that. Yeah, that's the episode. The monkeys invade New York. There, there you go. go. I don't know if they invaded the entirety of New York, but they were on Good Morning America, and the hosts there seemed to have a lot of fun. They were dancing, and did you notice when they started playing She Makes Me Laugh, the one host, like, got all gushy? Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. Well... Let's check that clip out right now, and you'll hear them do I'm a Believer, and She Makes Me Laugh. So check this out. Welcome back. You guys remember the monkeys, Nikki, Davy Jones, Mike, Peter. They debuted their Emmy-winning comedy 50 years ago. Yes, and the Monkees had four number one albums, and now they're out with Good Time, their first in 20 years, and Mickey and Peter, they're here on their 50th anniversary tour, and it's great to have you guys here, so thank you for joining us. Thank you. It is such thank a you. pleasure. Right. We've been singing the song, hey, hey, with the Monkees, deciding who knows more. Good, but I get 25 cents every time you do that. <laughs> I'm here for you, you, buddy. I'm here for you. Yeah. So 50 years after you guys sang Last Train to Clarksville, did you ever imagine that you'd be right here today? New music, new fans. Uh, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken I'm better care of myself. myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this month, the entire Monkeys on Blue uh, series comes out on Blu-ray, yep. which must be exciting for you. But also, this all came together because there was an ad seeking four insane guys yeah. for yep. a TV show. And I know, Mickey, you, you did TV before. Peter, yep. uh, you were introduced. To it no, from I was a, a failure. You were a failure. <laughs> you were a failure. Look at you now. No, you had a friend no, of yours who yeah. told you uh, about this. I play this. one on television. Uh, <laughs> sorry, where were we? But your friend told you, yes, hey, they're uh, looking uh, for the, four Steve insane Stills guys. You're insane. The, Steve Stills was the kid who looked like me in Greenwich Village. And years later, we met back on the West Coast, and he tried out. And they told him his hair and teeth uh, didn't look good. And did he know anybody who looked like him who had one-tenth his talent? And they thought of me oh instantly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you are too. You're being humble. I can I do some facts about these guys? I love this. 1967, you guys outsold the Beatles and the Stones combined. Wow. Unbelievable. One more fun fact. They, Trace. Were, they were between albums. Yeah. <laughs> 
phrase. So self-deprecating. Also, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees. Yes, that's true. Wow. That is unbelievable to me. It was kind of weird, though. He'd be going, Foxy Lady! We want Davey! <laughs> I do, too. I would have Mickey as a soldier. <laughs> Who would you well, have? I haven't been asked that question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. There you go, Strahan. Jeez. Larry, 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 comes to, yeah, to mind off the top of my head. Uh, maybe Billy Holiday. Oh. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Are you man living or... Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, that would be it. It'd be the same, it'd be the same thing. <laughs> Billy Ella Holiday. Ella Fitzgerald thing. or Billy Holiday. Yeah, they'd go yeah. to sing theirs and they're going to walk. It'd be the same thing. It's fair to say you guys were the original boy band. As yes. you were saying, we were looking for four insane boys. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you have to the One Directions, the boy bands of today? Get a good lawyer. Get a good lawyer. <laughs> well, i tell you what, it's been great that you guys, you got a good lawyer, you stuck together, you guys are still making music, and we are very happy that you're here. And we're going to hear some music right now. Yeah. We're not going to hold back anymore. We're going to give the people out there what they want. We want the monkeys. We want Mickey. Here we go. We're going now. She makes me laugh. Here are the monkeys.
so while the monkeys were invading New York or monkeys do Manhattan or whatever, uh, boy, very cool thing happened in concert there. There's some special guests at the concert. What did you think of this? Oh, man. Well, it was cool to see that uh, Adam Schlesinger was there. And I understand somebody Skyped in during intermission. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, we should let people know that Adam Schlesinger produced Good Times. So he's an honorary uh, 17th monkey or whatever you would be. I think uh, we're up to 347. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So Adam Schlesinger was there, and he sat in on two songs. And Vance Brescia from The Mosquitoes, who is also in uh, Peter Noon's band from Herman's Hermits, he's also the fellow who wrote That Was Then and This Is Now. He mm-hmm. was there as well. Yes. And then some guy showed up on Skype. They they called in someone, and we're going to play a few of these things right now. So here's Adam Schlesinger, and the guy's doing, I was there, and I'm told I had a good time. And I really love this in the set list, don't you? Oh, yeah. It really w- cooks live. I got to uh, catch that video, I think, while it was streaming live the other night, and uh, it was it was a good time. Absolutely, it was. And this goes into Stepping Stone. So Adam jams out with the guys, along with Vance Brescia, on stage during these next two tracks. So check this out. The Monkeys Live. And it was produced by one of the most incredible musician, artist, singer, producers I've ever worked with, Mr. Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne. He's here tonight, and he's, he's coming on. Adam, come on here. And we're going to do a song, which is uh, the last song on the, uh, on the album. It's called, and Adam and I wrote it together, and it's called, I Was There and I'm Told I Had a Good Time. <laughs> Finally got the line into a song, didn't you?
I forced him to really stay on stage for Stepping Stone because to replace Stepping Stone with the monkeys is like, that's it, that's the peak of rock musicianship. decided to dial in on Skype the Nez. Yep. And the crowd went crazy, but in a good way. Yes. Good times were had by Hall. And Sarah, what song did they do? They did Papa Jean's Blues, of course. Papa Jean's Skype is is what it should be called. Papa Jean's Skype Blue. (laughs) Now, if Skype wasn't working, it would have been the Skype blues. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I was a little nervous for them because we've had our moments with Skype on the show because that's how we do like 99% of our recording. But uh, yep. it all worked. I guess he's got good bandwidth up there at the Video Ranch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird. He developed the Video Ranch and now you can just do it on Skype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's Mike Nesmith Skyping in with Mickey and Peter. 
live on stage in New York City. Michael Son. Well, it is. Mr. Nez, we could pretend. You know, it's a Nez, too. It's a Nez. You know what? What? Let's see if we can get him on the phone. Call it Nez. See if you can get Nez on the phone. Maybe he's, you know, at home or something. Sets 
That was such a fun appearance, and uh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Cleveland has lovely bandwidth, I'm just saying. Yeah, and uh, you're you're headed there soon. Yeah, I'm going to be going there this weekend, and then later in this month I will be doing uh, the Tulsa concert, and that one I will be organizing a Zilch Nation meetup. So if you live in... The Tulsa area or are just planning to drive into town for the show let me know I'll have a thread up a little bit closer to the event and we will figure out where we'll meet and how all that uh, procedural stuff will work out but I know there are several people who are already interested in coming very good very good and I guess it's as good a time to let anybody know that I am going to see the monkeys Oh, wouldn't that be something? It's going to be something. They will be coming to a town that I'll be coming to, so there you go. We'll both be coming to the town together, so there you go. Not in the same bus or anything, but, you know, so this this is going to be a fun summer for all of us here at Zilch. If you are seeing the monkeys, let us know where you're seeing them and post pictures. We love having the pictures and the videos come in. It's so much fun. It's 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 seriously some... Um, Mickey Zetz posted some video from from the New York show, and he said, uh, "You know, it's it's it it's kind of like we're all in this together." And I said, "We are all here together. Even no matter where you're at, you're getting a chance to watch this live, because Andrew Sandoval was putting it up there live, and it yeah. was amazing to see this. So cool. We live in great times. We live in great times. It, it's just been so. We live in good times. Good times that feel great. <laughs> That's right." And speaking of good times, as far as Zilch goes, we were recently again on the What's Hot on the iTunes podcast chart. So that's very cool. We actually had three different uh, shows that, that I'm affiliated with in the top 100. So that was that was a pretty cool night. Yep. Ken, you're just that awesome. Aw, shucks. <laughs> shucks. <laughs> well, that, that pretty much wraps up this episode of Zilch. Yeah, thanks for sitting through this. It's been a little bit of a good times grab bag, but uh, <laughs> lots of lots of great stuff that's coming, and we're just we're just trying to kind of keep our heads afloat and get this wonderful information to you as just as quickly as we can. It's an amazing time to be a monkeys fan. Correct, and hopefully on the next episode we're going to have Bobby Hart, Ian Lee, and Annabelle Jones making a return visit back to zilch so we'll be doing that soon and we're also going to have jeff garinger and a few other folks richard wolofsky and melinda gildart and david wills ghosty timmer and mark t from monkeys live almanac they're working on putting together a second version of a good times roundtable in which they will talk these four bonus tracks as well so oh man that should be good it's it's just it's just too good of an album not to let those guys have a whack at it. And I really wish we could have, you know, everybody on mic that is you know, on the Facebook page or sending us emails and stuff. But it's just not possible. But send your love and your thoughts and your views and your reviews. And I'll tell you what, if you want to record an MP3 of you talking about good times under four minutes or so, we'll probably air it. So do that and if you have anything you'd like to let us know here at zilch contact us on twitter facebook or send us an email you should know all those things by now if not they'll be in the show notes again thank you for listening to zilch 
we, we will be back very soon before you know it. So download this one, share it up, let people know it's out there, and we'll be back very soon. We'll see you. Bye. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. Rosemary, can't you see? Rosemary, what? Oh Lord. Well, this was, this was, this was on. Cough break. Sorry about that. I I I over dramatized it, but yeah, I did need to cough. Um, it's either that or choke to death, and. One is, Do that. One is not uh, oh, choke to death. Another's uh, Darth Vader uh, crossover kind of thing. Oh, so, uh, there you go. You're, you're over there in California, choking me all the way here. Force the force choke. You one. like Star Trek better than Star Wars? Well, take this. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Yep.